0: America, Washington, D.C. Signing on.
1: When the Sances have... All right, and we are on the air. Of course, it is Radio Contra's live QA. With me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, uh, grin from ear to ear every time I say that. A uh, lot of tongue-in-cheek, a oh, whole lot of tongue-in-cheek, um, but, uh, but kind of not really looking at the, uh, the current events going on in the world, but uh, I think that'll be a conversation that is better left to tomorrow night. And uh, anyway, you know, that, that's that's going to be a fun one, I think, for Sons of Liberty tomorrow at 2100. Anyway, live Q&A, get the thing back on track in here. Of course, we'll be talking about communications. We'll be talking about night vision and thermal. Any questions that you may be fielding for that. And vehicles as well. We'll be talking about vehicles, uh, vehicle upgrades, maybe vehicle downgrades, Um, whatever questions you might have, we'll be talking about that, covering that. Cause that's one of those things that, um, yeah, people like to, like to talk a lot about, you know, this, that, the other, when it comes to vehicles and yeah, a lot of it is just kind of silly. Um, you know, you, you ain't driving no giant jacked up rig around uh around town as a daily driver that's just that's just dumb uh it's somebody that's done that as a daily driver i'm telling you you ain't doing that and that ain't really a quote-unquote bug out vehicle we'll shed a little bit of light on it like like what you actually do need to look for if you're getting into it and some of those considerations but uh anyway that is is what we're going to be focused on that's what we're going to be talking about tonight for the next uh 58 minutes and um, looking forward to hearing from all of you out there. So if you've got a question, go ahead, click that call in button and let's get started. So there's a whole lot of people in the room right now.
2: hello you got me hello
3: Hello.
1: All right. Can anyone hear me now? All right, back on the air. So my uh, my browser literally crashed, which is a little strange, right as we get going on a live show. Not saying it's something nefarious, probably isn't, um, I'm on a, a very old, very, very old, uh, nearly worn out. Laptop running a Linux operating system, and it is it is old. So who knows? Might be time to replace it. Anyway, G. Watt invited you as a speaker, brother. All right, I see you now. I can hear you. i Think that you are in here? Yes, I can hear you. What's <laughs> up, my man? Okay. okay, I'm gonna be that
2: guy, and
1: if you
2: want me to go tell pound sand, tell me to go pound sand. I totally got you. My question. Uh, is actually um, training related. So basically, okay. um, we have a group that's hitting like platoon, like uh, undermanned platoon level. And I have to train team leaders and squad leaders because, you know, I don't want to be that like Russian, you know, <laughs> only the officer and then you got 20 Joes, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So. Ooh. Ugh, right? My guys are all, you know, I only have like uh what two two vet two veterans, um, but everybody has, you know, their head on a swivel, you know. I got nobody yeah. who's uh, you know, uh a box of rocks or anything, right? So right. any suggestions for designing these team leader and squad leader courses? Because I have them on oh, our wow. group training calendar coming oh, up. That-
1: Dude, that is a great question. That is a great question. Um, no, I, I would never tell you to pound sand over a question like that. I, I thought you were about to blindside me with something like, <laughs> "Hey, why are you such a fucking dick to trolls online?" or something like, like, be like, Whoa. "Uh, because it's entertaining. It's it's for my entertainment." I'll leave that uh, to the rest of Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah exactly no or, or yeah 305 h.a.d training should be free yeah one of those guys um everything should be free yeah right yeah, that, yeah exactly it's like no, no no, it's it's totally not you're either you're either getting paid to train or you're paying somebody to train you That that's the way every, it works everywhere even in the military like uh anyway man to to your question cuz that that is an excellent one and it is the development of mid-level leadership. Um man I remember back you know you're you're obviously a G GW guy as as a lot of people are in here right now. And uh I remember back probably it had to have been it was it was in 2007. Um I was a very very young team leader and um was was having to because you know whenever you come back from a deployment and you you've got like the exchange of people going back and forth all the time and, you know like like guys are getting sent off to like this school or that school or they're you know going to new duty stations and whatever and so like i'm 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 fucking young i was a joe but but in a team leader role, like getting ready to pick up corporal, which was a whole other story, and um, all the you know,
2: responsibility, none of the pay.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. You know the the shittiest rank in the army. And um, I remember, you know, my, my first sergeant. We we went to the field. We were doing some little buttermilk exercise, where we it was like some CQB stuff, and it wasn't particularly difficult. And um, I was basically having to run a squad and a half because we were so short on people (laughs) and uh it it was it was just like you know i was clearly in over my head and you know he he comes up to me and you know i thought he was gonna tear my head off like he, he you know he normally would do uh but he he goes you know hey don't micromanage learn to delegate things and if you learn to delegate things and build mid-level leaders, that, that's always going to serve you really well. And he, he just like everything that, that he taught me, it, that was he was spot on with that advice. And um so what I'm telling you is 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 really for the, the greater good of, of folks out there, um, because this is a concept that's kind of alien to a lot of people. Um, they, they understand it well in a corporate environment. And then when they kind of get into the, the, uh, neighborhood protection team stuff and the mutual assistance group or militia or whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever, whatever we're calling it, it, um, it kind of, it starts to break down because there, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons for that, but, um, man, I would say this, I the way that, that I would develop those leaders is have them put together a training schedule, and say, hey, you know, like like I want your input on this training schedule, and we're gonna put it together. and And if you can, just describe to me a few of your training objectives and like your your methodology going into it. And what that's gonna do is is first, it's gonna engender them with buy in. Like they they now have a stake and a greater say in what we're doing and and it makes them feel like that and they do. It's it's not just making them feel like they do, they they really do. They they're gonna have um you know a greater say and in what goes into it. But the other thing is is that you get to see what their thought process is behind building their training plan and their training program, and and it it's a really good way to develop that that two way street leadership approach, and it develops them uh, both as as mid level managers, but also uh, gives them greater autonomy as thinkers, and and I think that that is um, that's a, a really big thing. Another thing is is that when you have your your training get togethers have them cover individual skills and you know and and whatever that is like like yeah i mean could be basic rifle marksmanship but something i mean because that's what everybody likes to focus on but something that steps outside of that um you know communications is a big one like you know do they are they taking that next step to to try and figure this stuff out because that's really um that's a deep topic, and when you start teaching that to others, you know that that's that's a big development right then and there. Because you, it, it's one thing to demonstrate knowledge, and it's another thing to teach that knowledge and impart it on somebody else. Because you really got to be on your toes then, because um, you have to be able to answer questions on the fly. Like you, you're not you're not just talking at somebody. You're, you know, you're, you're interacting with them and, you know, sometimes you got to be like, Hey, I don't know the answer to your question, but I'm going to find out, you know, and, and, um, those are just all really good development tasks for people and developing that mid-level leadership, you know, and, and, um, I would say too whatever your training exercise is, uh, this is kind of the, that that's kind of the touchy feely granola type everybody's happy leadership this is kind of the other side of that where you get your best results from pitting people against one another and have a and i don't mean that in like a mean or nefarious way but you're creating competition yeah and, exactly and i'm, I'm exactly.
2: slowly starting to um inject that because we have you know i've I've got guys spread or, or we have spread guys i'm tr- i'm trying to make this a group thing everybody puts it on me because I have the most military experience but uh, (laughs) but yeah i i'm I'm trying to get the squads to essentially compete against each other and then you know i i you know i just throw little jabs out there and like oh you know good job this squad you know this squad where you guys at blah blah blah
1: you know like like and and create really cool rewards you know like um i give away gear yes yes that's what i was about to say is is you know, free gear doesn't have to be anything crazy doesn't have to be anything expensive yeah i
2: got old um a whole uh, a whole bunch of old uh bdus and we kind of standardized yeah. on that because they're abundant and they're cheap and yeah, uh, basically any of the individual skills like a stress shoot or anything uh we'll do oh, all yeah, the training man. and then at the end we'll run a competition and then i'll give that away um the big thing is we've been doing a lot of collective skills recently uh we've done like good. battle drills yeah I mean everybody good wants alert. to do the a, a big thing with uh with me and wanting to st- in starting this out is everybody wants to do the flashy sh- uh you know sh- flat range stuff, and I made it a point to concentrate on collective skills first and then circle back to individual skills so we've already done uh what battle drill one alpha two three four yeah. uh we oh, have yeah. six yeah. coming up uh we're doing patrolling uh we've done ambush both linear and l uh, l-shaped
1: um there you go yeah i so, I'd love to hear it man i love to hear it so i guess You're at this point
2: it. well uh, we're trying we're trying um hey
1: look man that that's all you got to do is do it yeah and and uh just you can probably tell man I'm grinning from ear to ear I love (laughs) to hear that man I love to hear that and and you know because here's the thing man For, for every group all right let me let me back up for for every guy that you know I'm painting with a really broad brush here for every guy that I see on the internet post pictures of his gear. It's all shiny and like his rifle don't have no dirt or scratches or nothing on it for every, every one of those guys that, you know, you kind of get frustrated with then hearing from a group like y'all, you know, that that you're running, that you guys are, are getting out there, getting after it, man, that is, that is such a breath of fresh air like you have no idea man i love that absolutely love it
2: yeah we're uh i mean we're we really just try and concentrate on being proficient and the last thing we want to do is be famous (laughs) like that causes all sorts of drama and problems you know so
1: oh absolutely absolutely and and you know it it sounds like to me just kind of listening to you that that you know y'all are pretty pretty clear in your mission statement too that, you know, you're there to, to support and supplement the populace, you know. Yep, that's, absolutely. That's, you know, and, and that's, it's, it's not uh, the caricatures that, that we're often served with, you know, and, and dude, that's a breath of fresh air too, man. God bless you, brother. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thank you, so yeah, just to bounce this back, so Um,
2: what I'm hearing is, so, um, should I be taking basically previous, because we've obviously built in time, like, so we've been doing this since a little, little less than a year. We've went from like, uh, a team size element to an understrength platoon we'll we'll hit by March, which will be our one year mark. Um, uh, so basically should i be taking previous events such as you know battle drills and patrolling and then being like oh because what what i was thinking about doing was doing something almost like a uh a ranger school ask where it's a full two-day weekend and it's like okay here is your mission and then have them do all the planning, all the TOPs, all the things. And then I'm just sitting yeah. back there making notes on, you know, all, all, you know, team leaders, squad leaders, how they're reacting, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And I'm just basically Absolutely. keeping my mouth shut and then, but just running them for like 36 hours.
1: Yeah. Um, oh heck yeah.
2: And yeah, then basically no. just go over, only give them training mission sets on stuff they've already trained on essentially instead of having them research a class because you know like it's it's i remember like before i joined the army you know i uh, i'm in high school whatever i picked up a Ranger handbook and it all just seemed alien to me like you don't none of that stuff at least for me makes any sense until you're actually doing it right right so i don't want the the guys to you know like i don't want to be like Oh, hey, go go research and teach this because a lot of this, you know, light infantry stuff, if you haven't done it already, it, it comes off very alien. Um, so basically, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is just take previous training events because I've done enough stuff yeah. with them where they can. I haven't done um, op orders and that sort of thing yet, though that will be coming up. But, um, you know, they can plan the mission, they can run a patrol, they can do, um, you know, an ambush, they can.
1: You there? Sound like uh, your audio dropped out, brother. Going once, going twice. I'm not hearing you. In the comments, is anybody hearing me? Just make sure you hear. All right, so you're hearing me. Well, brother it was I I am not trying to be rude uh we're, we're going to move on um it was great talking to you uh godspeed feel free to email me uh any any help that you need and hey I'll tell you something man this is what I want you to do um because I I that it really warms my heart and and I'm going to tell you this 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 is hey, I'm dead serious here your mission is my mission and your your success of your your group um is part of my mission so what i want you to do shoot me an email shoot me an email and um i want to send you a couple of things out there as uh stuff for for your guys for your your team leaders some stuff for for your guys just to to uh, to build them up keep them in the fight um because i you know it, it's critically important and um, you know, I, I think that it's it's it, it it's not going to be lost on y'all for sure. And uh, just so you know, y- y- y'all are not the only group that that I've front loaded a bunch of stuff to, and and you know, wanted to send things to because um, you know, again, I, I didn't start doing any of this to to make it a business or you know any uh you know i'm not i'm never gonna throw my uniform back on and stand on youtube and say stand with me while we fix america so you can pay me 19.99 a month to be on my website uh, or anything like that um seriously it's no i i started this whole thing to to help people um always have and and you know it the the i think the the results speak for itself so i've been blessed in a number of ways um, and those blessings have to be paid forward so yeah it, it's it, it's it's a really big deal to me anyway i but i'm dead serious please email me and uh, i will get you squared away NC scout brushbeater.org i got some stuff um one of the things i want to send out to your guys is a copy of Fm 7-93 the long- range surveillance unit handbook. And the reason that 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 book is so important is because it comes from the perspective that you got a six-man team, you know, and then you have a few six-man teams working together. Well, that kind of sounds like where y'all are. It kind of sounds like where a lot of people are out there, Um, you know, and and then I would say, uh, excuse me to uh supplement that I would say um, pick up a copy of Jack Lawson's uh, civil defense manual uh, both volumes they, they're I know they're they're a little pricey I get it um but they're definitely books you you want to have um, but uh, now I see any comments bro. Here's a, hey your headphones might have went took a crap on you hey my internet browser took a crap on me at the beginning of the show and that's a big embarrassment. Uh, so anyway, but you know, whatever, if y'all want to, <laughs> y'all want to make fun of me, Hey, fire away. You know, it's all good. We gotta, we gotta laugh at ourselves sometimes. It's like, I, I get known for being this, this tech dude. I'm really not. Um, I do know a lot about radios though, you know, but it is what it is. Um, but then I have like technology fail on me when like in public. So anyway, it's, it's pretty funny to me. Little, little self inside joke. I like to laugh at myself a lot. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, next caller questions regarding commo, nods, thermal, vehicles, leadership techniques, what have you. Call now. anybody Madman Actual says I have a question you know how to get in here get up in here
0: what's up dude
1: Madman Actual
0: Uh, I got a question another day in paradise man I have, I have, I have two questions for you. Uh oh. One, if someone that's living in, um, actually a good example, like around the G camp, right? It's like you know you got paved roads, you got it's it's farmland, so you got dirt roads around, but it's mostly realistically you got highway there you got paved roads um what is a good vehicle for a small unit right so like you're talking i guess what two three four guys yeah um not exactly a make and model but maybe like a a general power train requirement and uh, I don't know, like pickup truck, SUV, either or, and um, I guess fuel injected versus carbureted. What what's your Ooh. what's what's your take on all
1: that? All right, all right, this is a good one. Um, so. A lot of people get hung up on quote unquote bug out vehicles, right? It's like a grin. I get, I get really tickled at that. Um, cause their idea of a bug out rig is like something that they're gonna, they're going to be like, you know, some jacked up, you know, like monster truck looking thing. that you know who I can do all the things. Like, all right, man. But do you really need all that? Because I'm gonna tell you. Um, you know, I've got a couple of F250s, as you know, and all the people that trained with me, because uh, they've seen them. Yeah, and I've got my K5. I've uh, got a M1008 and everything. But let me tell y'all something. like, here's a hard dose of reality out there. Um, one bullet. It doesn't even have to be, like, big bullet. It could be 5.56, five, 762 by 39 right? 3.08, definitely. One round is going to turn my vehicle into a giant, expensive, heavy hunk of steel that is now immobile. One round. All right, one round. Doesn't even have to hit the engine block, okay? Doesn't even have to hit the engine block. One round, so I get cracked up, man. When all these guys are like, "Yeah, I got my my bug out overlanding rig," and it's like, I mean, that's all cool, dude. I love off road, as all y'all know. Like, that's that's a lot of fun to me. um You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have some of the toys that I have if I didn't love that. But don't, don't get it twisted. It's not anything other than what it is. Like, those are toys. Like, they You know what I mean? For real. I, I, everybody loves having toys. Those are my toys. Um, anybody that tells you that, that their stuff is something other than a toy, like, they're lying to you, okay? They're lying to you or they're trying to sell you some bullshit. So, I'll tell you that that the most durable vehicles on the face of the earth are Toyotas, without a doubt. Like, without a doubt it's it's a toyota that basic like the you know hilux which you know we don't have hiluxes in the united states but a toyota truck or a toyota suv like a Forerunner that's on that same tacoma frame those are the most durable vehicles on earth like hands down it's it's not a question we you know there are other vehicles in, in, you know, the United States that, that are kind of close, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, having an old diesel, you definitely, if you can having an old diesel, um, to add to the mix is, is definitely probably a good idea. And if it's naturally aspirated, that's real good, but good luck finding one that's affordable. You know, I mean, let's be real here. Like, As somebody that owns a couple of diesels, three diesels plus a tractor, um, man, the price of used stuff on on the market that's not completely had the guts run out of it is is kind of ridiculous. Toyota's command a premium too, but there are other vehicles that that you can get that are kind of close. And uh, somebody mentioned an old suburban, old Suburbans, you know, at least here in the southeast. Man, the 350 is, you know, a Chevy small block 350 is extremely common. You're always going to be able to find parts for that thing. Rebuilding that motor is not particularly difficult to do. Um, You know, and, and you can drop a crate motor in there. You can put a carbureted motor in there. I strongly suggest, yeah, I mean fuel injected for for you know all the power and to get up and go and everything yeah there's no questions more powerful but if you got a carbureted motor that thing is is going to be easier and simpler and when you're talking about maybe an emp or something might be a, a problem or really you know and i think that's kind of an abstract concept um you know like like, let's say uh, your your um, TCM goes out or your ECM module goes out, which is way more likely, all right, way more likely that your computer is going to have to be reflashed in an older vehicle. Newer vehicles, too. Newer vehicles, even more so, right, because they got all these sensors and shit on them. Um, you know, so seriously, like that that's likely to go out. You don't have to worry about all that with a carburetor. And, you know, I mean, you can tune a carburetor almost by ear. I've done it. Um, You know, we, we, we did a conversion when I was in Hawaii. We did a conversion on a 305 to a 350 and uh, put a Holly four barrel on it. And that was kind of an interesting job in and of itself. It, it led to some problems, but I mean, we, we got it right. We ended up getting it right. And everything was was vacuum lines on it. And that was kind of a pain in the rear too, to figure all that out. But we, we got it. We eventually got it. Um, so, you know, um, anyway, it's carbureted and let's talk about why you need a vehicle. So let's say like you're, you're part of the gorilla underground, uh, quote unquote, Like Why do you need a vehicle? You need a vehicle to be able to move people and material around a battle space inconspicuously okay if you're driving around in a big jacked up you know obviously we can positively identify that as joe bob and the gang over there like you probably want to stay away from that okay positive identification is a thing and is is going to be a thing going forward you want something that's that's really inconspicuous you know, one of the most annoying things that we got told overseas, we'd get a bolo, be on the lookout for a blue bongo truck. Okay, blue blue bongo truck. So bongo trucks, a little cab over um, pickup truck. The the you know, I mean, it's tiny, right? These things that you can look these up. The, I think they were made by Daewoo. and uh, but you saw them everywhere in Iraq. You saw them all over Afghanistan. They had them everywhere, man. Um, a white and blue bongo was always white and blue bong. Well, that's every truck you see. So here in the South, that could be, you know, oh, a white late model Chevy. Pfft, all right, that's every other truck on the road. A white late model F-150. That's every other truck on the road. Like, dude, you know, okay. You, you might as well tell me water is wet at the same time. Like, look for water. It's wet. No shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so you got to, You, you have to be able to move people around inconspicuously and they're blending in. Uh, Why do you need a truck or four wheel drive? Um, Because you can carry a lot of stuff in it and and it, you know, it's, it's not really a problem. Now, some alternatives to this, um, getting in kind of the, the urban camouflaging stuff, a hatchback is a really good vehicle to have. Um, very, very versatile, very underrated. Let's talk about the most reliable car in the United States, the Honda Civic. All right. Seriously. Honda Civic's the most reliable car in the United States or the Honda Accord, right? it's is, you know, I guess like a little bit different, but basically the same car. Seriously. I mean, you, you know, those, it's not unusual for those cars to get 300,000 miles with like no maintenance done on them. And, you know, you, you ask any mechanic, and that's, that's what they're going to tell you. Um, super common, you know, chick cars, generally. People don't even bat an eye at them. And, uh, you know, I make fun of, of Chevy Cavaliers a lot called, you know, white trash chariot. But that's another one. I mean, you know, Chevy Cavalier or, or like whatever the equivalent is. Drive something that everybody else is driving. Like, look look like everybody else because that's how you blend in. You blend into the background. And the whole purpose of, of having a, a vehicle on an asymmetric battlefield, uh, the unconventional warfare battlefield, like ha- whatever you want to call it, is being able to move people and supplies inconspicuously without drawing attention. Uh, so, you know, Bubba and his jacked up rig over here with his penel mount might look cool as shit on on his YouTube channel or or you know the the cover of uh, uh, Recoil magazine or whatever, but you know like real world times, man that's 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 a drone strikes what that is. So anyway,
0: all good knowledge. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, think about. I'm the I'm the uh, the dispeller of 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 myths. I think I'm the I am the, the, the I am the breaker of people's spirits. Apparently, <laughs> also on Twitter. I don't know, man. Um, some people had some interesting uh, takes on the fact that literally all I said was the Militia Act of 1903 which is also known as the dick act, but I didn't want to be like the dick act, um, which is going to be funny, but th- that's going to become the national conversation next. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow night, but um, that's going to become the, the national conversation, you know? So it it, it is the militia act and, and the legalities around it. And, and what the, the powers that are granted to the president under like, this is all going to be, these, these are all going to be questions. This is what the media is going to be talking That's all I said. These people are all of a sudden becoming legal experts. They all know. Oh, well. I The title. I know about... Like, they fucking spare me, man. Like, last week you was flying a Ukrainian flag. Just shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's anyway. a lot of that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, And my second question regarding... The thermals. Yes. For. Um, I can't remember the last gentleman's name. The G guy. So he's Dr. got. Fair. Yes. So he's got two teams. Squads. Whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for. A smaller element. So let's say you have. Four guys and you have two LPOPs would you suggest if you were to get thermals would you suggest a thermal rifle scope or thermal monoculars oh and obviously oh. like what what would the reasoning behind the dif- like the difference between buying one over the other
1: That's a good question. Um, So, I'm going to tell everybody that the first thermal you should buy is a clip-on unit. And I say that having uh, unexpectedly found out that those are the highest demand items on the market for good reason. And I, I laugh because I was literally having this conversation with uh, my dealer rep from AGM about how he he was kind of surprised that they've sold as fast as they have, and it, you know, I mean, I, it's he was like, D- uh, "Do what now? You're sold out already." I was, yeah, and he he goes, "Oh man," I was like, "Yeah, that's that's." Um, so you know i've got some weapon weapons optics in stock right uh gonna have more and there's there's a great use case for those however if you are only buying one you want to buy a one and done um had an email from a guy uh yesterday and talk to him, answer his email this morning. We've been going back and forth for a couple days now, and he's in the market for one. He's in law enforcement he's a uh career patrol law enforcement and um you know in, a, in a police department is undisclosed not gonna not gonna throw him out there but um he was he he's inquiring about buying one upgrading the current unit that he has, which is an older uh fleur scout unit which is a handheld unit. And I'm kind of guiding him through the process and and he, you know, he wants some maximum versatility and he was telling me that you know, his experiences with it um, they did the his his department did have a weapons mounted unit and he only used it once. In all the years that they've had it, he only used it once. The handheld unit that he bought on his own dime, he's used many times. And um, he he had a, a really good story that he shared with me that it was um, uh, helped them locate someone who was suicidal and and they were able to intervene uh, have an intervention on them before they were able to act on that and and that's that's really awesome. Um, getting to your question though, because I, I think that the the two anecdotes dovetail very well. Um, If You have a clip-on unit, and and the ones from AGM are very small. They're a little bit bigger than a PVS-14. It's a multi-purpose item. You can weapons mount this thing. It comes with an ADM um, mount, the the, uh, American Defense Manufacturing Mount, so extremely robust mount you know, one of the, the ADM and LaRue are kind of the, the, and Badger Ordnance, I would say, are the, the three really great mount makers out there for optics mounts, you know, so they didn't skimp on, on the mounting. Um, It works really well with optics. It works as a standalone, as a, as a handheld unit. And because it's so small, it can fit, you know, into any small utility pouch, And it doesn't weigh very much. Uh so you're really getting the most bang for the buck. I absolutely would say, you know, every every squad needs one, at least one. And hey, you know, if if you can't afford the 640 unit, just like I've told a couple of people who've asked questions about it, the 384 unit is still just blowing it away man in in terms of quality and image clarity and what you know bang for the buck and it's a thousand bucks less um so i've got more of both of those coming now let's talk weapons mounted units what why would you want a weapons mounted unit and there's some really good cases for this um as every nighttime nocturnal uh predator hunter or hog hunter knows um thermal is is the real difference maker i mean night vision is is a lot of fun too but thermal is is really you you can there, there are things that you can do with thermal that you can't necessarily do with night vision alone and target detection is one of them uh especially when you're talking about like coyotes they you know, night vision, even even some of the higher end, uh, high foam stuff, you you're still, you know, a coyote can evade you, but their heat signature, that's they're not evading that. Uh so having a weapons mounted thermal unit is great for long term observation of a target. Here's the other thing that I can do with it. I can take pictures. So I can take pictures with the, the uh, clip on unit too, but with the weapons bounded unit, I can actually zoom in on stuff. I don't have that capability with a clip on and it's, it's designed that way for a reason so that, you know, when you're using it with an optic, it's designed so that the optic behind it provides the magnification and it doesn't, doesn't lead to pixelation or any um, uh, parallax problems or, or any of those issues, right? but I can actually zoom in on stuff with a weapons-mounted optic or the dedicated handheld optic that I have, the sidewinder. I can actually zoom in on things with that and take detailed images of stuff. So let's say you know I'm, I'm laying in a hide site and I'm surveilling a target. I can zoom in on something, take a picture of it, uh, get real close, take, take a picture and then or or record video and i'm good to go so you know again two very different tools they do have a lot of overlap um but if you know because we're all on a budget if you can only buy the one if you can only afford the one and and you do need thermal capability believe me okay they, there's a reason I got into night vision and thermal sales as a big of a pain in the butt as it is, it's not quite as bad as getting an FFL, but it's pretty damn close. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm not doing it cause it's making me rich. I'm doing it so that I can get y'all the best gear, some of the best prices possible. And, and, you know, you, you can have a trusted voice that is saying like, Hey, you know, this is the gear I use. This is, this is what you need to get your hands on. Um, thermal, if you're buying thermal, it needs, the first one you need to get is a clip on unit. That's just, you know, bottom line. If you're doing a lot of surveillance tasks, then, then a weapons mounted unit or a handheld unit is, is what you're going to want. Um, so, you know, uh, in the comments, North saying, keep in mind, clip on generally require LPVOs. Yeah, that, that's correct. That is the other thing. Um, the ones from AGM with the cup accommodate up to a 50-millimeter objective lens. So, you know, you, you have that as well. And they're, they're kind of designed around that. But you can use them static. Um, and, and they work pretty well in that role um having used them and I've still got my one 640 unit that's the T e that I'm I'm just continuously impressed with we uh did a side by side a couple days ago between it and the um uh the iray so the the little iray uh the RH640 or whatever it is or, or RH25 that's say it's a 640 unit and um the has got some some advantages. I think in its column, one of them is built-in compass. I think that's pretty cool. But uh, as far as image quality and and user interface, AGM, I mean, it owns it hands down. You know, and I say that as somebody that that's got some IRA units coming. That that's you know they they should be here sometime just after shot show. Uh, so, and, and I'm not trashing them. They're they're great. They're great, great optics, man. But, um, you know, I, if if I had to pick one, you know that that AGM is is that thing is is it's hard to beat, man. It is hard to beat. So, anyway, uh, brother, does that that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums it up.
1: Yeah. Uh, now nods you know, to, to dovetail on that, because I'm sure some people are kind of scratching their heads about where nods are. I mean, just as important, nods nods are for movement. You know, nods are for movement around at night, situational awareness. That's their role. Uh, target acquisition, sure. But, um, you know, and, and you, you do need an IR laser for that. Uh, you know, passive aiming, okay, I get it. But but some people's brains don't work that way. Um, IR laser is, is really where, where it is. If you're talking passive aiming, that's where thermal starts coming in. Seriously. Um, you know, just my two cents. Anyway, uh, looks like 12 minutes left on the clock. Any other questions? Some good ones tonight. aaron lee aaron lee coming up in here aaron lee yo. is a speaker now aaron lee what's up brother yo can you hear me yeah i can hear you
3: hey man shout out man both you guys man i've been listening since the day one man you first started the podcast <clears throat> i just oh, want to thanks. congratulate you on the success bro some real talk Thank uh, you. i just had Thank a real quick, i had a real quick question If you were rocking a purse for laser with the LPVO, would would you still put it on the top or would you put it on the side? Because when you put it to zero, you could still see Mm -hmm. like the actual unit. That's my first question. Um, Second part is: at what point would you, you know, put that uh, that night vision actually on the rifle? You know, those are my two questions.
1: Ah, excellent, excellent. So, all right, let's, let's talk about the Purse 4 because I'm literally looking to my right, and I have a setup almost exactly like the one you are describing um, on a Palmetto State blemished 16-inch gun with a uh, got a, uh, a Swamp Fox 1-6 to arrowhead on top of it and uh, a Purse 4. Cause man, I bought, I bought this purse fours and they were like $400. It was, um, dude made a video on it. It was like Coda Boy Tactical or something like that. Um, he, he lives down in Charlotte. I know that it was, he, he, he um, he, he, lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, but he's got a YouTube channel and, um, did a video on it. Cause I kept seeing these purse fours pop up for like 400 bucks. And I'm like, man, that's gotta be too good to be true. Like there's no way, you know, because I'm used to like, uh, you know, Pack 15s and Steiner A3s and like all the expensive stuff, you know. It's like, man, this is this is gotta be too good to be true. So I saw his video and it was like, man, this, this is pretty legit. Got my first one, and I uh, was like, damn, this is this is actually really nice and and heavy duty. Then bought three or four more. Uh, three more, and, and then I ended up getting a fourth one. So I got them on several rifles, got a lot of experience with them. Um, nice, nice, right? Very, very nice when when you could get them. They were really good for the money. Um, anyway, they one thing about them, just like all of the IR lasers in their class, uh, with the exception of B. Myers Mall and of course, the designate IR, they do sit up a little bit high. Um, you know, Pec fifteen sits up too high. And it was one of the lower ones when it came out. Uh, Purse four sits up a little high. And and that's just because of the the way they're designed, right? Um you are still gonna see a little bit of it, like down, down low, um in in the bottom of, of your objective lens. And it's one of those things that I hate to say it, you kind of just have to get used to it. Um could you mount it to the side? Yeah, you could. I don't like doing it that way. Some guys have no problem with it. But to me, when I put something on the sides of my weapon on one or the other, it's like, for me, it throws it out of balance a little bit. And I'm also the kind of guy that, that I like using the the actual button with my thumb, activating it with my thumb and not using a pressure switch. Because uh, I, I really don't like pressure pads. I had them. I've, I've had several fail on me overseas, so I don't run them. Um, other guys do, and and hey, that's cool, man. It, not knocking that at all. But I'm just saying. Uh, so really, it, it comes down to operator preference. If you know you, you don't have any problem putting that that uh, laser on the side of your weapon, and and it's kind of a pet peeve for you to for it to be in your field of view hey brother move it like there, there's nothing wrong with that not a thing in the world wrong with it um i saw a guy with an ak and this was many years ago i saw a dude with an ak that had a uh, slr Gunworks rail on it and he had um a laser underneath and um like he he put it underneath the muzzle like under the barrel, and I thought that that was a little, little weird. I wouldn't run it that way, but hey, it worked for him, and and it it had no no issues with like shift in zero or anything. We did a uh, this big night shoot with it, and I mean he was just rocking and rolling. So you know it it really, brother. It, it's up to you, man. Uh, However you want to roll with it. Now, here's the other part of your question that I think is related to that is I'm guessing you have a PVS 14. Am I right? Yeah. Okay.
3: From uh, OG Griswold as a matter of fact. Recipes. Oh
1: man. God bless him. God bless him. God rest his soul. Um, Cause I, I'm going to tell y'all, uh, Bob, Bob was one of the great ones. And, um, man, um, I, I, uh, anyway, shot show going on. He shot show was always like this big fun time for him, and he would always call me from shot show. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, anyway, um, he was, he was, he was a great man. We, we lost a go one with him, but, um, with a PBS 14, you can run a PBS 14 on an M4, AR 15 platform. As a clip-on unit in front of an optic, um, you get a weapons-mounted uh, or a weapons-mount arm. Uh, knights Armament made them for a while. Somebody else, I think Nerodos makes them now, maybe. But I know Knights Armament made them for a while. Anyway, um, you you put that in place of the J arm that that you know you're you're using with your your uh, helmet mount, and you place that in front of your optic. Uh, works. It, it was tailor made to work really well with a, the the uh, TA thirty one ACOG or the ta one ACOG, the the four x thirty two ACOG. Um, you can do it with an LPVO too. Like it, it it'll work. Uh, you got to do a little adjusting on it, but it'll work. Here's where your your placement of your IR laser is is going to be an issue. So it does take up a uh, some. S- some room out in front of your optic to do that. And if, if your IR laser is in the way of that, you are going to need to move it one way or the other. Now, why would you want to uh, put that clip on out front? And the, th- the same can be said for a thermal, by the way, for the AGM units. Um, I did a video, went up on Twitter, Uh, A few days ago on, on, you know, what that clip on looks like out front. But um, why would you want to do that? So let's say again, like I'm laying in a hide site, right? I'm going to be here for hours upon hours upon hours, bro. I do not want that PBS 14 hanging off the front of my face. That thing is murder on your neck, especially when you're in the prone. Uh, like, dude. You know, mount it to your weapon. You're looking through your weapon anyway. Put it on there. Adjust. You know, make your adjustments so you can see out of it, and then you're good to go, right? So that that's when you would want to do that. Um, you know, it, it's Madman saying Mike Tyson wouldn't even handle it. Mike Mike Tyson, yeah, no. <laughs> he would he would sling that thing into the woods somewhere. Man, I don't want the thing off the front of my face. But uh, the, <laughs> anyway, I, I was watching a Mike Tyson fight earlier today. Had it on in the background, dude. This was that was that was the that was the era of boxing. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it, having that out front, um, lot of lot of reasons for that. So so really, again, it, it you know if if you're in a high site, static observation, you're in a place where you're gonna be there for a while. You're not moving, and you've got that PVS fourteen out in the front, and and that is what you're looking through, and and you're doing all your aiming. At that point, you you know you don't even really need an IR laser. You know, I mean, you need one for aiming when the when the uh, nods are on your head, but once you have it on on your weapon, it's all passive at that point. So um, really, the question is 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 you know can that optic sit behind your IR laser and not interfere with it. it. doesn't have enough room to clear it. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you got to make some adjustments.
3: Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, brother. Appreciate you. Dude, that was that was a banger of a question, man. I, I, I really, really enjoy that one.
3: Keep grinding, man. I'm telling you, I've been, I've seen you when you just had the books out only, <laughs> and come up all the way. So I say, just keep going, man. Uh, uh, and God bless y'all for everything you're doing. And uh, I'll see y'all soon.
1: God bless you too, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like I'm, I'm humbled by having great listeners. I'm humbled by having all of y'all out there. You know, it, it's 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 really really special to me. We're we're facing some some very challenging times. Um, we're going to be talking about that tomorrow night. But you know, here here is the thing. This is a, kind of the parting shot. Here is all of us. Every single one of us were born to be in this time. I mean, think about that. Think about that. You were born. Every experience that you had leading up to this era right now where we are everything prepared you for this moment for where we are everything everything you've ever done every laugh every cry everything every everything that has ever happened to you led up to this it made you what you are for this moment where we are and we're going to rise to the occasion I'm telling you right now, they're gonna do their things, man. This this is it's. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, right? But the good people of this nation, we're rising up, and they're not gonna be able to keep us down. They're not gonna do that. They can't do it. So anyhow, it is good to be with all of you on this evening. I really like doing these Q and A's. It's it's uh, it is it is a lot of fun. Um, I love hearing for y'all and, and it, it's, I, I don't know what else to say, man. I grin from ear to ear, but we will be back on the air again tomorrow night. Sons of Liberty live. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, cause I think we're, we're going to be doing some deep diving, man. It, it's it tomorrow's tomorrow night is definitely going to be a do not miss. If you have not, if, if you haven't ever listened to a Sons of Liberty live, which I don't think there's any danger of that from, from everybody in here, but if you have never listened to a live show, tomorrow night's live show, that's the one you're going to want to be in on because telling you, it's getting out of control. It's getting out of control. Anyway, God bless all of you. Talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout out.